0: Retorting in one instance, what, you think our country's so innocent? And Trump had made stalwart U.S. allies and trading partners nervous by threatening to pull out of the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, and to terminate the U.S.-South Korean trade deal. It is understandable that anyone who heard such statements or who read the scores of tweets that the president fired off might conclude that the new administration would break sharply with tradition. In reality, however, Trump has not deviated much from conventions. In February, Trump reaffirmed the One China policy and abandoned his plan to label China as a currency manipulator. After pledging to eliminate the Export-Import Bank, Trump changed his mind. He has failed to follow through on his threat to tear up the U.S.-led nuclear agreement with Iran. And after repeatedly disparaging NATO, Trump backtracked after a meeting with the organization's Secretary General, Jens Stoltenberg, in April. The alliance, Trump now declared, was no longer obsolete. Perhaps most striking of all, despite having said many times that he wanted to improve relations with Russia and to use military force only when concrete U.S. interests were at risk, Trump launched a cruise missile attack on Syria, whose dictatorial regime is heavily supported by Russia, in response to the Syrian regime's use of sarin gas, a crime against humanity that nonetheless did not directly threaten the United States. If the Kremlin tried to assist Trump's campaign covertly, as the U.S. intelligence community has concluded, and was initially pleased by Trump's victory, Putin and his allies might now be feeling buyer's remorse. When it comes to Russia, the Trump administration has adopted a negative tone, sometimes exuding real hostility. How many more children have to die before Russia cares? asked Washington's ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley after a serious sarin attack. The White House has not lifted the sanctions imposed on Russia by the Obama administration in response to Moscow's seizure of Crimea and meddling in the campaign. And Flynn, Trump's first national security advisor, who was seen as supportive of closer ties with Russia, was forced to resign after reportedly misleading Vice President Mike Pence about conversations he had had with the Russian ambassador to the United States. Putin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, lamented in late March that U.S.-Russian relations were at the lowest possible point, and later complained that the U.S. strike in Syria dealt a significant blow to relations. U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson's April visit to Moscow highlighted the deep rifts between the two countries and revealed what Tillerson called a low level of trust. The Establishment Strikes Back Those who had anticipated major policy changes With hope or with fear, began to have doubts as soon as Trump assembled his core national security team. Trump tapped well respected retired generals to head the Pentagon and the Department of Homeland Security, James Mattis and John Kelly, respectively, a highly regarded active duty general as National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, the Chief Executive of ExxonMobil as Secretary of State, Tillerson, and a member of Congress with degrees from West Point and Harvard Law School as Director of the CIA. Mike Pompeo, Trump's national security team embodies the establishment as much as John F. Kennedy's or Dwight Eisenhower's did. The appointments suggest that, at least on foreign policy, Trump wants reliable people who will give him sober advice, largely untinged by ideology. In early April, Bannon was removed from the National Security Council's Principles Committee, underscoring the move away from the alt-right populism of Trump's campaign. There are some America-first ideologues on the White House staff, but they are clearly in eclipse, and their influence is on the wane. The foreign policy views of Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and an influential White House advisor remain largely unknown, but there is no evidence that they are out of the mainstream. So on foreign policy, the Trump administration is looking more and more conventionally Republican. What's more, the administration's remarkable slowness in filling sub-cabinet posts means that currently, all the most senior advisors to top officials are not Republican political appointees, but civil servants, from what many Trump supporters decry as the permanent government or the deep state. The Bannonite wing has managed to keep out many officials from previous Republican administrations, including me, after I was selected by Tillerson to be Deputy Secretary of State usually for the offense of having criticized Trump during the campaign. But this tactic has backfired on the Bannonites. For the moment, those jobs are instead filled by career civil servants who are very likely Democrats. That will change over the coming months as cabinet members choose their own deputies. But it would be very surprising if they did not select people in their own image.